Welcome to Race Time Radio, a special edition of Race Time Radio, Daytona 500 Race Time Radio. Only one hour tonight here, live from Race Time Radio. I am Joe Chisholm, along with Joe Chisholm Jr. And the final Race Time Radio that you're going to hear for probably about a month's time. Uh, we're, uh, we've sold our home, and uh, there goes our studio. It goes along with it. So, uh, we are going to find another place, and uh, when we do, we're going to get things reset up. We'll reestablish connection with our good friends at Sirius XM, and Race Time Radio will be back with you. But there could be up to about a month hiatus, but it won't be any longer than that. We'll figure something out between now and then. Junior, what did you think? Speed Weeks. Uh, now, in the rearview mirror, other than the Daytona 500, the raindrops keep falling on the head. Yeah, for sure. What a great Speed Weeks. That's, Incredible. Uh, I mean, when you look at at you know everything. Now, I did not take in a dirt car race at all. You no. know, I didn't. I didn't watch any of the Volusia. Uh, I didn't watch any of the East Bay. Um, I know, you know Stu Friesen got one win. Yes, he did. And uh, but you know, all things you know pointed to asphalt for me. I watched every single race that was on the racetrack that was available to watch from New Smyrna and. Uh, Man, I, I can't say enough about the job that the broadcast team did, but I also can't say enough about the the competition on the racetrack. Unreal. It was, you know, there were wrecks and there was carnage in a handful of the races. The Modifieds, you know, beat and banged and, and tore a bunch of stuff up. Um, and, and so did the late models. You know, so did every other division. But um, for the most part, it was just good racing. Yeah, all the way through the the entire uh, you know ten day period at at New Smyrna, um, there was some uh, amazing finishes. There were some amazing races side by side. Some memorable events took place this week. Um, uh, you know, it you said it a number of times this week. It didn't really feel like speed weeks. It didn't feel like a normal speed no, week. No, it felt too early or something. You know, I don't know. Yeah, why. it was just a it was it was an obscure thing. Uh, not a whole lot of practice, not a whole lot of big track coverage, you know, through the day. Of course, there was right. some, right. Thank, thankfully. Yeah. Um, and there was qualifying sessions and, and, and that sort. But um, really a, a different complexion of Speed Weeks. And then as well, moving the Clash and the Arca race all the way to later on in the week. Um, you know, it, it did change the feel of what Speed Week is all about. That being said, I think we're going to be pleasantly surprised with an extended version of Speed Week because these guys all stay down there and they go racing on the road course after the Daytona 500. Next week, they go right, right. And, and run on, on the road course side of things uh, for Daytona and, and uh, uh, it will definitely be a cool feeling uh, rolling into race number two. But uh, what was your take on, on what, what Speed Week was all about? Oh, man, so much to talk about. Uh, I guess what stands out to me was, like you say, the guys did an incredible job on the broadcast. Uh, we were fortunate enough to have a friend, and that's about as best as I can do. We had a friend that, um, uh, that showed us all of the Speed Week action. Uh, we had HD coverage right up here 
uh, and it was dynamite to watch. Uh, you know who you are out there, and we've got to thank you so much for it. But uh, uh, the biggest takeaway for me, incredible racing and some of the best car counts that we've seen at Speedweeks in the super late models, in the pro late models. How about those um, those those modifieds? Man, they were unchained. And there was two different flavors of them that had dynamite car count in both. Um, we've seen a lot of good, good racing action uh, that we have got a ton to talk about here tonight. Uh, let me tell you who we've got coming up the show. Uh, we have got right off the top, we're going to end up with uh, Jason White, our Canadian guy that did double duty at Daytona in the truck series and in the Arca series. Uh, did a great job. Did a great job. Was fixing to get some really, really good finishes. Uh, but you know what? Those accidents happen at Daytona, as we've seen all week long. We will catch up with Jason White. Uh, also on the schedule tonight, how about the Arca Menards winner? Uh, we got Corey Heim scheduled to join us tonight. And um, as things are unfolding at Daytona, uh, we still have some rain out there. Uh, we're not sure whether this is going to get in, whether it's not. We're going to try and keep one eye on the monitor and uh, try and stay focused on the actual radio show that we're doing. Uh, we got some great guests. We're also going to hear clips with, uh, how about Ben Rhodes? He goes and wins the truck race. We'll also hear the Xfinity winner. And in uh, uh, Austin Cedric uh, did a great job in that car. So many storylines felt so bad for DGM and the uh, uh, Xfinity race. All of them other than Caesar ends up coming away with a 12th place finish. Good on him. Yeah, definitely. They, uh, you know, a heartbreaking weekend for sure for DGM. They went in there with a tremendous amount of confidence and, and excitement. Um, you know, as does, as does every small team, right? This is a place, Daytona is a place where you can, uh, you know, if you mind your P's and Q's and, and you dot your I's and cross your T's, you've got a chance at the end as long as you don't crash. And uh, the unfortunate part, you know, and, and kind of the unfortunate part for, for us as fans, uh, we are huge Mario Goslin fans and, and uh, you know, the rain during qualifying kind of put a damper on allowing Mario the opportunity to race. Uh, so that was difficult. And then of course he tore up two really good race cars, Alex Labe and, and, uh, and as well with Josh Williams, uh, both of them getting tore up as well. But uh, uh, yeah, it, you know, it was definitely a heartbreak uh, The when they line up, Based on the rule book, you know, that's definitely a difficult thing. Uh, there was a lot more talk than normal this year. Um, and, and, you know, on social media, uh, on, on the negative side here. And, uh, you know, it seemed like there was a lot of cars that were fast enough to make the show or to be a part of the show that got sent home. You know, that didn't make the show. For the Xfinity race? For the Xfinity race and then as well in the Cup Series side. You know, a, a lot of people... Um, you know, it wasn't that long ago where six to eight cars would transfer in from the duels, right. and now you're only seeing one transfer in from the duels or two. Um, you know, depending on, but that's on the also circumstance. With the time too, right? So you got to volley that in there. Yeah, but definitely. The field it, it, is back shorter. in the day, it used to be the 43, right? There used yep. to be 43, and now you know it's it's down to 40. Uh, so that is one of the the things where you're seeing less cars transfer in. Um, but a little bit of a difficult pill to swallow when you see really good cars going home and you see really slow cars on the racetrack on the back end. Um, same thing goes for the Xfinity Series. It's a good sign um, that they had enough cars to send home this year. <laughs> right, they, it's right. been, you know, it, it, the, the car count has been kind of, you know, 
stagnant at that 40 mark for the Xfinity guys, 36 to, to 40. Um, and this year here, they show up and there's a bunch of cars ready to qualify. They want to get it in, uh, but couldn't, couldn't, you know, piece it together, get a qualifying session on the books and a bunch of cars went home. So, um, you know, I, I think that, you know, when you scroll down through the list of cars that went home in the Xfinity race versus oh, yeah. the cars that would have stayed it, the the race complexion could have been drastically different. Um, but that being said, the rule book's a rule book and, yeah. and it, there's nothing you can do about it. You know, but Mario I, was very quick. As you mentioned, he was really quick in practice. I believe he was like 12 fast. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, I don't know whether he had a sniff of a draft when he had did that or didn't. For sure. Um, but I'll tell you what, Mario Goslin had a fast car. Wonder now, does Mario just take that car, leave it in the stable, and pull it back out for Talladega? I think that the 36 got really tore up. Oh, did <laughs> Alex, it ever. Alex Labbe took a massive hit um, on the 19. Um, I, I don't know for sure whether that car is junk or not, but uh, I mean... If Mario's car would have had the best of everything, it would have been a really good piece. Uh, I wouldn't doubt that that becomes <laughs> the 36 car uh, in the future here because that uh, unfortunate damage that uh, that Alex suffered in that race, uh, that was a tremendous amount of damage. Yeah. But, uh, uh, you know, it was it was definitely interesting to see the teamwork. You know, you look at the colleague racing guys in the Xfinity race, they worked together the whole race, uh, obviously got tore up, but uh, the Gibbs guys were doing the same thing. Uh, it, the Ford guys were as well and and man it was just a a great racing event uh with the xfinity series and the truck series as well and and the daytona 500 was shaping up that way uh, before this rain started well we will hear from the winners of both xfinity and trucks but what do you say we get to the hotline right now and let's welcome in one of our canadian guys that uh i'll tell you there was no other canadian do what this driver did he competed in both the arca menard series race and how about the uh, Camping World Truck Series race comes away with two excellent finishes. Let's welcome in Jason White from Sun Peaks, BC. What's going on tonight, J-Man? How are you guys doing? Fantastic. How about you, Guy? you got to be, uh, well, somewhat happy with your results. You come away with a 10th place finish in the Arca Menard Series race and that beautiful Harley-Davidson 10. And then you come away with a 20th place finish in the 33 truck. But... Jay, you were shaping up to have a really good truck finish, too, if you didn't get tied up in one or two. Well, you know, it just seems that everything that happened on the track down here at Daytona happened right in front of me. Um, nothing was my doing. It uh, was just stuff that we had to react to. And obviously, the uh, you know, when Spencer Davis came down on me in turn one there, there was really nowhere for me to go. And I didn't take a frontal impact. I kind of took a sandwich, so to speak. I took a took a right side impact and it kind of popped my whole nose off and uh the right front fender and stuff so it just it was really disheartening because like you said you know we were doing everything we were supposed to do and we just it, it just the cards didn't fall in our favor like they did last year so you know we had damage to the truck and then we just had to limp at home and uh you know we, we got down to the end and yeah sure we you know 19th or 20th, whatever it was, was uh, was what we got, and that's what we just have to take on the chin, and hopefully, uh, hopefully it gets better from here. Uh, Jay, you can see you not being the new guy anymore. You can see the experience, the super speedway experience coming out in you. Got to ask you though, a year ago you ran the Arca race first, then you jumped into the truck. This year it was reversed, and you only had a day in between. 
what was the scheduling like one year versus the other? Would you rather have that ARCA experience first before jumping in the truck, or did it matter? Oh, it definitely mattered. I've I've never been that tired. Uh, we actually had to get up at 6.30 on Saturday morning and be out on the grid and ready to qualify. And, you know, as you know, ARCA's group qualifying. So we had that on our plate. We got that done. And then, you know, we we uh, had a few hours to uh, worry about the rain and think about it. So after that, we got, you know, we got into the ARCA car and raced. And, um, you know, again, okay, so we got in the ARCA race and, we were playing the same strategy and, and almost to the T of last year, we had the same strategy going and I found myself, you know, hanging back a bit, but also there was one point where I got right up in there and I knew what the car had. Um, but man, at the end of the race, uh, you know, I, I didn't know it was a green checkered and neither did my spotter. My spotter's a cup spotter and he didn't know it was a green checkered. I thought it was a green white checkered and I kind of backed off a little bit on the green because I thought I'm going to wait and be ready to, to pounce on the, on the white flag lap and we didn't get a second lap. So that was kind of disheartening, but don't feel bad. Don't, don't feel bad, Jay. Junior, Junior and I were both sitting there watching you in that, in that car. And, uh, when we seen the checkered flag fly, I looked at him and he goes, Junior looked at me and goes, what the hell? They missed the flag. <laughs> I know. Yeah, and, and and you know what, my spotter, my crew chief, they didn't know what was going on. There was four or five other teams, or more than that. There was probably ten teams who were like, "What the hell was that? Like, why why didn't we go green white checkered?" You know, so it was it was a bit disheartening because I, I did hang back on the on the coming to the green on the green white, which we thought was a green white checkered, and I was going to just kind of try and be there for the white flag lap. But you know, we we got into the pits and I got out of the car and I was I was pretty tired, I have to admit, and and I've been hydrating pretty hard all last week. I, probably drank 50 balls of water and, you know, eating well and walking lots and getting ready for the race and trying to, uh, you know, trying to keep my jam up. But I was, I lost all my jam after, after that race. So 14 hours doing 180 laps at Daytona. It's, uh, it's pretty, uh, pretty excruciating for sure. Absolutely. A little bit grueling, right? When you look at, yeah. uh, at, at, the the overall complexion of speed weeks uh, of course you know I, I like to get the feel you know when i'm not at the event of 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 what the event you know looks like uh for for everybody else so obviously you got you got the best seat in the house and you got to uh, sit behind the windshield uh but what was the complexion of speed weeks like uh you know everything down there everything yeah. taking place building up to it what was what was the uh what was the feeling like uh obviously a, a little bit of a weird scenario with the the entire pandemic but uh What's the feel around Daytona Beach like? Well, I mean, you know, there's 30,000 people there today. So, um, and, and those people have kind of been around. You, you, you know, the motorhomes are all still there and stuff like that. But one of the things you really notice is there's not the 4,000 hot passes and cold passes on, um, you know, in the garage and, and stuff like that. So I think the teams actually don't mind the fact that we don't have those hot passes in the pits and that we, uh, you know, a lot of the teams are set up on pit road where, you know, they can work more now and they don't have to worry about people standing behind their pit stalls and, you know, all these hospitality things going on. So from a team perspective, I mean, I, I, I imagine a lot of those guys are actually okay with it because there's not a, there's not a lot extra people around us. There's really nobody allowed in the bubble. So we're all in the bubble, which means we're on pit road, we're in the, in the garages and then we're in our motorhome lots and we're not allowed to go outside of that area. Um, and if we do, if we go outside the track and we come back, we have to get tested again. So it's kind of like, you know, how many times do you want to get tested? <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, 
you know, so, but I mean, that's just all to make it all safe for everybody and stuff. So that, that part of things is good, but you know, going back to what you said, it's, it's, it's definitely different. You know, it's, uh, the vibe is different. Um, it's not, you know, I can't wait to get back next year and hopefully everything's back to normal. And I got family here with me and, you know, lots of friends want to come and check it out now. And, you know, we, uh, I, I understand that we got a lot of TV time the other night. It's not the kind of TV time I wanted, <laughs> but uh, apparently we got lots of the Canadian flag. It's actually, a, it's actually a hockey skating rink that we took delivery of. And that's why it looks kind of patina. It's, it's a, it's a Canadian flag, but it's actually a hockey skating rink that's been skated on. So Too I've cool. been getting a ton, a ton of uh, people reaching out to me about the Canadian flag on the truck and everybody remembers that truck. So that part of things worked out pretty good. <laughs> Gotta love it. We're with Jason White tonight, Sun Peaks, BC, coming off double duty at Daytona in the truck and in the ARCA car. Uh, Jason comes away with a 10th place finish in the ARCA Menard Series uh, 200 and comes away with a top 20 finish in the Camping World Truck Series number 33. Jay, tell us about your sponsors. I know they mean tons uh, to your racing program, and I'll tell you what. Uh, that, that was a real touching story uh, with the Harley-Davidson dealership on the side of your car. Tell everybody about that in case you happen to have missed the preview. Well, I, uh, when I was 15 years old, I started racing in uh, you know, midget sprint cars. and um, We used to have motorcycle engines in our cars. And I was having a problem with an old uh, Honda V-Twin quite a bit. We couldn't get it, to, get it to run very well. So I took it to the local dealership there, to Honda, Harley-Davidson dealership, and a what turned out to be a very good friend of mine, Al Perrette, helped me out, and he would never take any money, he, and he just wanted, you know, he said, put my name on the car or whatever, and we used to, uh, you know, take our car our car and motor there all the time, and he fixed it for me a lot, so basically, he was my one of my first sponsors ever, and uh, unfortunately, uh, well, I don't know, he's okay with it, I talked to him a few weeks back, and he was ready to uh, call her quits, but... Uh, he unfortunately passed away last week, and uh, we put a, uh, a dedication out to him on the car with the countless Harley Davidson and Alperet. So that was pretty cool. It was pretty emotional, and uh, you know, I can I, I felt him there uh, during the race. He was he was a pretty awesome dude. He, he was in the Isle of Man. He was in the Baja 1011 times. Like this guy was with this character was was unbelievable. So it was pretty cool to dedicate that race to him and and uh, and have countless Harley Davidson on the car. But uh, you know, as always. Um, helping us along all, all, at yourgmctruckstore.com and Rob Zimmer and, and their crew. I, I would never be anywhere near where I am in racing without Rob Zimmer and uh, yourgmctruckstore.com. It's, you know, the, the reason I had ANW for so many years, the reason I met most of the people that I, that I race with is because of what we did together. And, you know, obviously, uh, you know, my family's companies, Powder Ventures Excavating and, and, and those things, you know, like I, I, my adage is you work hard, play harder and, as long as I can keep working hard, I can keep racing. So that's uh, very important. But uh, the main thing is, is you know, the sponsors are all awesome, but it sure is odd not having the fans there. And, uh, and, and like I said earlier, we really need to get the fans back to the racetrack because that's why we race. We race for the fans, and it's just really weird not having that big fan base there. So looking forward to getting back to normalcy. Yeah, I, I wouldn't doubt it, Jay. You're going to follow this up now with uh, a real good road course race you got coming up. Then you're going to do the Penny Series, and then you got to do that uh, Canadian 200 out there in BC at the end of the year. you got to do that, brother. That's in your backyard. Yeah, we'll see what happens here. You know, it's funny how things work out. I've already, in the last couple of days, I've been in some conversations and 
there's already some things brewing to move up uh, into some different series here down south. And, uh, you know, like I said to you guys last time, I got an aspiration to be in that 500 one of these days, and I'm not not getting any younger. So I got to kind of aim towards some of these goals. And um, there's a possibility we could be in uh, maybe a different series for Talladega and maybe the summer Daytona race here. So I'm going to work on those things and, uh, you know, everything else is going to take the back seat, but I definitely want to be in a DJK racing car for as many races as I can in the Pinty series. But, uh, we're going to work to see what we can do for these super speedway races. I'm kind of hooked, so uh, there's not really much I can do about it. <laughs> That's what DJ keeps saying, too. You're going to see him back down there as soon as this bloody pandemic gets out of the way. Uh, I can only, yeah. We can only hope and wish and, uh, and wish you nothing but the best safe travels on the way back. And, uh, Jay, we sure look forward to catching you again. Uh, when you get back up this side of the border, we're going to have some good fun this summer looking into uh, a full race uh, schedule in 2021. Sound good to you? That sounds good to me. We'll uh, we'll let you know what happens on Friday and obviously follow at racing, racing Jason White this week. And uh, we'll get on this road course and see if we can make Canada proud with the with some good road course racing. And then I got to get back to, uh, what do I get back to Toronto before Sunday at midnight, or I got to stay in a hotel for a little longer than I want to and have to pay to, to stay there. So <laughs> I don't want to quarantine any longer than I have to. So I got to get home and uh, get back to, uh, get back to work. Absolutely. Get back to see my family. So. Hey, hey, before you jump off, I, I do got to take my hat off to you. Now, obviously, last year you did a great job with, you know, you always do a great job with social media and all that stuff. Uh, but this year you took a step up. Uh, you really, I mean, you knocked it out of the park with everything that you did on your social. Uh, anybody that doesn't follow you is missing out because you get a true behind-the-scenes look at what these drivers get to go through, uh, what the, what you get to experience, and uh, uh, really, uh, there's a lot of teams that should take notes on, on how to communicate with their fan base because you did a great job with that. Uh, I followed along with every one of those videos, and uh, I mean, you, you knocked it out of the park. You always do, but uh, keep doing what you're doing because that is going to build your name huge. Well, I appreciate that, Joe, and, and I work really hard at it. Um, I, I, always, I always feel that this, this sport's all about emotion, and you've got to show the emotion, whether it's good or bad or otherwise. I mean, remember three years ago when I didn't make this race? That was the most horrible thing I ever had to do, but I still made my post because people really felt it. But what it did is the next year when we made the race, it just made it that much better. So... I just feel like you really need to show the emotion up, down, and different. It needs to be shown, and you're going to get more people. Like, if you always want to be the guy that just shows when you do good, you know, or the girl that shows when you do good or you do well, people are going to stop following. But when you go down and you go up and you go down and you go up, and, then, and as you guys know better than anybody, that's what this sport is. It's all ups and downs, and it's all, you know, taking it on the chin. And then all of a sudden, that one moment you get that's great, you just got to live it, and you got to, uh, you got to share that as well. So. I really appreciate it, Joe. I, I work hard at it, as you know, and uh, I'll keep doing it, bud. Well said, Jay. You be good. Have a safe run. Uh, if we were on the air next Sunday, you know you'd be back on with us for a recap. But uh, what we'll have to do is just preview it, bud, and uh, you be safe. And I know we'll catch up with you real soon again on race time. Thank you very much, guys. You guys have a great night. You bet. That's Jason White, Suns Peaks, B.C. And uh, I'll tell you what, uh, he did a dynamite job in that car and the truck. Watch for him next weekend. He's back at Daytona. Hit this break. And how about it? The Menards, uh, the Arkham Menards race winner.
We got Corey Heim on the other side of the break. Hi, this is Kenny Schrader, and you're listening to Race Time Radio. From coast to coast, coast. you're listening to Canada Talks. Tonight's Race Time Radio is fired up by QuickWick Fire Starters. Available online at quickwick.com. That's quickwick, Q-W-I-C-K-W-I-C-K.com. Rev TV is Canada's own motorsports network, featuring live races and rallies from around the world and right here at home. Rev TV is your destination for motorsports action 24-7. Even though Napa is a nationally known name, nearly all of our stores are built from the ground up by local owners and families. People you might call neighbors will be here, there, and everywhere. Doing what neighbors do to keep their communities moving forward. You stop by a Napa Auto Parts store, you can count on Napa know-how. Winter is on the way. Cold temperatures mean we light fires to warm up or cook on, sometimes even to survive. Quick Quick Fire Starters are a must in your kit, in your sled, ATV, or vehicle. Quick Quick just may save your life if you get stranded this winter. Enjoy the winter. We're Canadian. And so is Quick Quick. They're available online. Go to quickquick.com. Quick Quick Fire Starters. They work. Alexa, play NASCAR radio on Sirius XM. Sirius XM NASCAR radio from Sirius XM. Start your engine! Gain access to NASCAR's biggest name. Martin Truex Jr. Kyle Busch. Chase Elliott. Hear live coverage of every single race. They're side by side for the win. Woo! It's unfiltered 24-7 NASCAR. Welcome to Victory Lane. We've got breaking news. Let's go to the hotline. This is Sirius XM NASCAR radio, channel 90. Listen on the app or at home on devices equipped with Amazon Alexa. Learn more at SiriusXM.com slash NASCAR. Tonight's Race Time Radio is brought to you by Napa Auto Parts Stores, New Glasgow, Andy Ganesh, and Port Hawkesbury, Nova Scotia. You can count on Napa know-how. If you're a Springsteen fan, you just found the promised land. Hear rare interviews and performances. Live concerts. Is there anybody alive? DJs. This is Rob Lowe. Hey, baby, it's little Steven here. And more exclusives when listening to Bruce Springsteen's channel. Welcome, Bruce Springsteen, to E Street Radio, your home away from home. Great to meet you. E Street Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 20. Race time radio to go. Streaming live or on demand. And back with you live tonight from Race Time Radio, live on Sirius XM, Channel 167, Canada Talks. Let's get back to the hotline, shall we? Daytona International Speedway. Drivers just dream about winning at the World Center of Racing. And this next guest not only won at Daytona, he won the last race last year, kicks it off with a victory again in uh, victory lane at Daytona. Let's welcome in... Corey Heim, driver of that JBL20. What's going on, Corey? How you doing? Hey, how's it going, guys? I'm good. doing good. How about you? Fantastic, man. Has it sunk in yet? You won at Daytona. Yeah, it really, um, it really is starting to sink in a little bit. Um, really just surreal. Definitely the, 
biggest win of my career, and um, it's uh, really just hard to think about all the all the spectacle that goes around that race and just how big of an event it is. So um, definitely really, really glad to be a part of it and even better to win it. Man, oh, man, you had to play that race smart all day long, Corey, and you did a masterful job behind the wheel of that. Uh, behind the wheel of that JBL 20, uh, good pit stops, good uh, strategy, good everything, and it really helped to have a teammate near the end of that race. Uh, Drew Deller's car was all tore up, but, man, he was a good pusher. Yeah, I appreciate it, and you're right. I mean, my, my crew chief did an awesome job with the strategy. He, uh, he executed that race really well for me, and without him, I think I would not be in the same uh, position as far as uh, track position at the end there. So he did a really good job throughout that race, and uh, he also mentioned my teammate, Drew. He uh, really helped me out there at the end, and he had a lot of damage, so I think his focus was on just kind of finishing a race because I feel like if he was out front, his car would have really struggled in, in that clean air, and then it would have been just fine behind somebody. So that was kind of the half of the reason why we made that call. So uh, really all that worked out for me at the end of the race, and we ended up uh, winning. Corey, uh, obviously there's a lot of tension, you know, with with a late race, uh, with a late race restart. Uh, you know, you, you were in the catbird seat. You, you've got, you know, everybody lined up behind you, and and you can see your victory. Uh, you know, and and but you still have to do that final restart. How did you how did you deal with the the tension in the air? Uh, how did you deal with the you know the the excitement level and all of that? How did you deal with all that? heading into the final restart, uh, getting getting down to it. Yeah, I knew um, as far as my job, I just had to really execute that last restart and um, do exactly what my team told me in which to, uh, you know, try to clear the 15 and get in front of them. And um, I knew if I just did that, that, you know, 100-yard stretch, if I just executed that perfect in the restart zone, uh, I would have been pretty much good to go since there's only a one-lap shootout. But uh, you're totally right. I mean, there's a lot of tension behind um, you know, a late race restart, especially a one-lap shootout. You know, if you if I miss a shift or flip up a little bit, spin the tires at all, I mean, my race is completely over. So um, definitely a lot of pressure on me, but I felt really confident about my uh, JBL 20 throughout that, throughout that race, and uh, luckily enough for me, I executed it pretty well. <laughs> you did. You did a masterful job. Now, how many times did the crew chief have to remind you that we're only going to see – the green and the white, and you're only going one lap. You're, you're not doing a green-white checker. Did he have to remind you of that, or were you cued right in on it? Yeah, honestly, for the longest time under that caution, um, with three to go or whatever it was at the time, um, I, I was under the impression that we are going to get a green-white checker just because that's kind of the traditional way of going about that. But um, pretty much I wasn't informed until I was coming to the green um, on that last restart, and I'm like, this is going to be a – green and white at the same time and then the checker so just a one-lap shootout so uh, i was a little bit surprised to hear that but honestly for me i think that worked out in my favor just because uh we were a little bit stretched out at the at the checkers there so um that actually lap would have gotten people extra time to get grouped up and try to move past me so it all worked out in my favor there now there was a million ways that you could have lost that race but there was only one way you could win it and i'll tell you what you did it all dead nuts right on uh, it was an exciting finish to the end. Uh, were you kind of concerned going down into turn number one and two? Uh, it looked like you and Drew had got quite a bit of a lead, and Junior was going, "No, no, Dad, look at this guy. They're going too far. They're going. They're gonna. The, the guys are gonna get a run." And uh, right near the end, man, they were right there. Uh, it was exciting. I'll tell you that. Uh, I'll tell you if that grandstand was full, they would have all been on their feet for that one. 
Yeah, no doubt. That one-lap shootout, uh, you know, as I mentioned, just a little bit different than traditional, uh, you know, green-white checkers. And I think that last lap would have really uh, made it a little bit more intense coming to the line there. But, um, you know, my teammate Drew did a really good job of, you know, giving me a good lead and getting both of us a good lead, really. And um, I knew those, uh, the 23 and the 18 were behind me, and those are always really good cars on uh, whatever track you bring them to. So um, that one extra lap would have maybe been the difference there, but, um, you know, it all kind of worked out, and, and we got the got across the checkered, finish, checkered line first. Corey, looking at, at the, the TRD and the driver development side, uh, there's no there's no question in anybody's mind that, that knows kind of the basics of what the TRD program is. It rewards success. If you win the race, you get rewarded. Um, and and you're expected to win every single time you strap in. And when you look at, at the the overall TRD platform, when you do go out and win – what what is there to it, and 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 you know what uh, what are some of the cool things that come along with winning? Yeah, I think Twitter racing is really really beneficial for my career so far. Um, you know, like you said, they they really do expect you to succeed, and um, honestly, that's uh, that's really a given when they have all the uh, tools and you know people around you that are really smart and know what they're doing. They have a lot of experience in the sport, and they also hired a lot of people to help you on the physical side of things. So. Uh, you know, there's all the tools that you need necessary within that program. And, um, you know, if you don't go out there and, and you know, perform, I mean, that's, that's not going to be good because they have put so much into you at that point. So, um, you know, Twitter racing has been really beneficial for me. And uh, to go out there and perform for them is really big. And, you know, like you said, it's the cool stuff that comes along with it. I mean, you, you get a lot of recognition from Twitter racing and just Twitter in general. They uh, publicize you very well and get your name out there. And I think a lot of that, uh, I can pull back into my career and hopefully build on that. Well, and speaking of tradition, it's a Venturini uh, tradition that the winner's got to kiss the big Italian. Good for you, though. You probably went mask to mask this time, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, that's, that's been their tradition for the longest time, and Big Bill, I'm sure, is always happy to see his cards win. But uh, to go back to go back to back for him is, like, really special just because it's my first uh first two wins in ARCA in general, and just to be surrounded by those great people, Billy, Bill, and all the people that they hired uh, within their organization to make it really great. Um, just to have all those people supporting me and giving me fast race cars week in, week out, it's really special. Well, too cool on you. I got to tell you that, Corey Heim. Awesome to see you go to Victory Lane at Daytona. Set you up for uh, what, what's going to be a Dynamite ARCA Menard Series this year. Probably more cars uh, than what we've seen last year. Not good news for you if you're going to try and go after that championship. Well, I can well imagine you're going to now. Uh, the competition's going to be stiff. It's going to be tough. Uh, it's going to be dynamite to watch you all the way through. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, no doubt. I think the Arca Series is going to be really good this year. And um, I just got to really keep my head screwed on straight and listen to my team. And uh, each you know new track I go to this year is going to be uh, different in its own way. So I uh, just really got to... Uh, keep my head screwed on straight, like I said, and uh, really just be there at the end and um, really not getting myself in any trouble. And uh, it should be all good, but I'm really looking forward to a long year with uh, some great people within Veterinary Motorsports and uh, Toyota Racing. Final question for you tonight, because I know you were a short track racer at heart, my friend. Did you uh, have one eye over there on New Smyrna Speedway World Series? Because I know you loved that over there, too. Yeah, New Smyrna World Series, I actually tuned in just about every single night that I could. Um, you know, there's one or two that I could just because I was at the truck race trying to study up a little bit for the ARCA race uh, that I, you know, ended up winning. Um, but I think the uh, 
the New Smyrna World Series. I raced a couple races in it in the Pro Late Models uh, a couple years back when I was 16, and that was one of my first races there. So um, it's always really interested me to see those young drivers come through and have the success that they have. And I've been definitely really impressed with a couple people, um, and I really expect them to see them do really good things in the future. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I really, really like that series, and I think it's very beneficial for people, and it's very short races, unlike uh, most of the pro late model and super late models uh, races we see throughout the year. So, um, yeah, I really enjoy watching that. Do you keep the 78 shined up in the shop there, ready to go? Or are we going to see that thing uh, out there at all throughout the 2021 season? Yeah, absolutely. Um, not quite as much as I normally do. I really want to uh, run it at least like six or seven times this year, which is going to be the goal, but... Um, hoping, you know, COVID restrictions and everything stay the same. If they try to shuffle a couple races around, that'll, that'll make it really difficult for us. But, um, you know, at, at the moment, we're going to try to go out about six or seven times in the super late model and just a few in the late model stock as well. And we're also going to try to go out and do Martinsville again in late model stock. So that'll be really interesting for me. And that's probably the, the race I'm looking forward to most this year, honestly. So, uh, I'm really looking forward to every race on the schedule as well. That's a big season right there. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Arca racing, late model stocks, and super lates. Uh, that's a that's a dream for, for a lot of people. And uh, hats off to you. You keep on getting performances, and, and you keep on getting checkered flags. Uh, it's uh, good things to come for Corey Heim. I'm excited to see where you end up, man. I appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me on today. Hey, like I told you the first time we had you on, Good news is you won the race. Bad news in uh, bad news is I got your cell number. I'm going to be texting you now every time you win. You know that. <laughs> oh, I don't mind one bit. I mean, if I'm if you're texting me, that means it's a good thing at this point, right? So you I don't betcha. Mind at all. You betcha. And you're going to be introduced all season long as the guy that won Daytona. You know that. Yeah, I mean, you know, like I mentioned earlier, it hasn't really sunk in yet. But uh, you know, to have that big spectacle around the race is really cool, and uh, I really hope I can build off of it and get a couple more wins to throw my name out there well you just keep soaking that in uh, you did a dynamite job Corey. thanks so much for the time tonight you have a good one yeah thanks for having me on guys thanks you betcha Corey heim driver that jbl 20 venturini checkered flag daytona joe dreams are made at daytona nightmares are spawned at daytona Corey heim got his dream come true he's had a total of 17 races in the arca menard series right when you look at it uh his average finish is 5.4 wow now that's over three years um you know obviously uh, uh last season uh he had three races three out of 20 um y- you know when you look at at the season that is in front of him um he has never been in the equipment that he's in right now he he's in great equipment um he's with a great team with with winning roots um, I mean, all things point to that kid being a superstar and, uh, you know, he is poised. There's, there's a handful of really young drivers that have, you know, the poise and, and have the, the racing acumen and all that stuff to move on. Right. Um, I would put him right there with a guy like Harrison Burton with a guy like Christopher oh, yeah. Bell. Um, they just, they eat, sleep and breathe this sport. And uh, Corey Heim is one of those guys that you got to watch out for, um, you know, down the line in, in all forms of motorsports. Well, this uh, is true. I'll tell you what. we got lots more to come tonight. This is the abbreviated edition of Race Time Radio. Only one hour tonight. And uh, we are coming back. You're going to hear from the truck winner, uh, Ben Rhodes. You're also going to hear from uh, Austin Sendrick, the Xfinity winner. we got lots more to come. Stay with us. 
He's Mark Salmon. I drive the number 78 Super Modified, sponsored by uh, Wells Foundry, Curry Steel, and Mobile Striping. And you're listening to Race Time Radio. From coast to coast, coast to coast, you're listening to Canada Talks. To Canada Talks. Race Time Radio is fueled by BP Race Fuels, the worldwide leader in race fuel technology. Dawson Dental Centers. Get your victory lane smile at DawsonDental.ca. Is it your job to light the fire, the campfire, or maybe you're like me and you heat your home with wood? You need to use a quick wit. These fire starters work. No paper or kindling. And presto, your fire is going every time. No toxic fumes. Just warm, enjoyable flames. You can get them online. Go to quickwick.com. Quickwick, they work. From two wheels to four and so much more, Rev TV also features exclusive live race series, up-to-date news coverage, documentaries, how-to programs, and so much more. Rev TV offers you the best seat in the house to feel the rush. Go green with Rev TV. Contact your TV provider to order. Even though Napa is a nationally known name, nearly all of our stores are built from the ground up by local owners and families. People you might call neighbors will be here, there, and everywhere. Doing what neighbors do to keep their communities moving forward. You stop by a Napa Auto Parts store, you can count on Napa know-how. Tonight's Race Time Radio is brought to you by Napa Auto Parts Stores, New Glasgow, Andy Ganesh, and Port Hawkesbury, Nova Scotia. You can count on Napa know-how. Men, 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 morning men. Hi, I'm Evan Cohen, and I'm Mike Babchat. We were given 30 seconds to describe our show, Morning Men, on Mad Dog Sports Radio, so I'll ask you some questions, and you give me the answers. What do we do for fun? You go to the diner with your family. Me? I drink and forget I have a family. Biggest crush? You? Tom Brady. Me? Anyone in yoga pants. What do we want to do more of? You? Talk about what happened the night before in the world of sports. Me? I would like to do more of my wife. (laughs) I think we just ran out of time. Morning Men, 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern, Mad Dog Sports Radio, Sirius XM 82, and the Sirius XM app. Time Radio. Only on Sirius XM 167. We get you close. If you're looking for miles per gallon, you're definitely at the wrong place. Maybe a few channels up or a few channels down, you'll find it. But this is Race Time Radio. I think I like it too. So welcome back, everybody, to Race Time Radio on the air tonight, just till the top of the hour, uh, abbreviated edition tonight. Uh, we have a Raptors game that we had to go after, so uh, they snuck into about an hour of our airtime. So we made it a one-hour edition tonight, thinking that the Daytona 500 was going to butt right up against things, and we didn't want people trying to watch the Daytona 500 and trying to listen to Race Time Radio, so we thought we'd outsmart everything. And we'd put the show at 8 p.m. Eastern uh, from the Race Time Radio studio. Of course, we air from 10 to 11 on Sirius XM. um, But we tried to outsmart the system. And I think Mother Nature uh, said, look, guys, uh, we're going to listen to Race Time Radio. And then we're going to try and finish the Daytona 500. So uh, that could be the way everything plays out tonight. Uh, You'll just have to um, wait and see how it all comes together. 
But it was the Dynamite Speed Weeks for everything uh, other than the Daytona 500 and the rain delays. Um, Junior, I got to ask you, right off the top, what did you think of the clash on the road course as opposed to being on the oval? I liked it. Um, I'm a road course guy. I like road course racing. I'm an oval guy through and through. I'm I'm a road course fan, though. I liked watching it. There was good competition. I don't think that that it played out the way that NASCAR wanted it. You know, I think that they wanted a closer, you know, obviously at the end there was the contact and, you know, the the, the guy who took the white flag leading didn't win the race. Yep. Um, so they got what they wanted there. They got a the, finish. The highlight reel for the last lap. But I don't think that it had the same, you know, thrill and excitement level that, that we see from um, – you know, the, the normal clash. Me, that being uh, said, yep. I don't think that the clash has had that for, you know, a couple of years since the qualifying system, you know, kind of changed. It did. So, yeah. so, and you, you put know, the big break in the middle and all that yeah, other stuff. Exactly. So they so, changed it. And, you know, the, the clash has, has evolved. Um, the, the people that are in the clash, is also questionable, you right. know, like, like obviously the, the qualifying structure to get in the old days where you get a pole and you get into the, into the, the clash. Yes. That, that there was awesome. Or you want to race. And, you got and exactly. You want to race, you, you want to pull, you, you transfer in, um, you know, at this point, I don't think that there's a reason why the entire field couldn't be put into that right um other than it's going to cost everybody or potentially everybody another car i mean exactly um but you know without having a a solid structure on how you get into the clash um i think the the magic behind the clash at the very beginning was the fact that you got a pole and and you, you made it in i think that there should be one solid thing that gets you into that clash yeah um and and one solid thing to win at the end and and that's a big check um to me it the the clash structure um and and the track that it's on uh and and how you get in it is really confusing uh and and i think that there's there's a lot of opportunity that nascar is missing on on that front that being said i can't complain about it because it was something different um, it was something fresh, and they tried something. Well, so, was, so hats off to them. It for was that. too dirty. I wasn't prepared for it. Uh, next weekend, I'm prepared to watch road course racing on the infield to Daytona. I'm ready for that I, and looking forward to it. Um, but honestly, I wasn't prepared for what I seen in the clash. I like uh, the old way better, and it was so funny I, w- watching Orange Cone. The Orange Cone. Follow him on Twitter. And uh, the Orange Coast said, come on, guys, uh, g- give them props. They did change it. Yep. And um, you know what? He was right. They did change it. It's just I wasn't a big – well, and, you know, I like the road course too. But I didn't like the um, the dirt that was on the track. Those cars looked like they went through the 24 hours of Daytona instead of – I don't know how many laps that was. It wasn't very many. 35. 35. Well, it looked like they did a million laps around there. But – that was the clash. Uh, it was a dynamite finish. I can guarantee you that. Uh, let's talk trucks, shall we? Uh, let's hear from the winner before we uh, chatter too much here. Ben Rhodes goes to victory lane. Uh, here's what Benny had to say in the media center. Yeah, no, that's that's kind of what I was wanting. Um, you know, I, I was worried that if I got past him too quickly, then 
Um, you know, he was going to side draft me right back and get the win, but I, I didn't plan on Jordan Anderson coming out of nowhere. Uh, he almost snuck by past both, both of us. So, um, I was, I was really surprised on that. Uh, but I tried to plan this out from the previous lap. Uh, you know, I lost the stage win for stage two from this exact thing happening. And I said, and my, 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 my spotter, TJ Bell said, all right, we lost this one, but don't lose the next one. And we did just that. I learned from it. That was a big mistake on my part, but we learned from it. We overcame it and we set it up perfectly to be able to do this for, for the, the real one that mattered. I feel, I feel so bad for Crafton. I mean, I just looked at pictures of his Menards Tundra all wrecked up. And I mean, he really put himself out there and pushed hard and did everything he could to help me. And uh, I, I definitely owe him. I know how long he's been wanting to get this win and how much effort he's put in for year after year after year. And um, I know that's got to sting for him. So I feel really bad, but I'm so, so, so thankful that he's my teammate tonight. He pushed me to the win. And, uh, I, you know, my Bombardier Tundra wouldn't have been in victory lane if it wasn't for him. So, um, you know, Duke and Rhonda should be proud that we as teammates were working together really well. And, um, you know, they should they should be really proud of, of Matt Crafton. Yeah. Duke and Rhonda going to be happy that Ben got the win. Got to be happy with Matt. But I don't know if they're going to be uh, – uh, they're definitely going to have a talk with Johnny Sauter and uh, maybe Grant because uh, those guys didn't really work together too well. But, you know, i got to go back to my memory bank here a little bit. When I was down at Daytona and I was watching Grant in that champion truck, first year he was in that champion truck, uh, he was out there looking really good for the win. And I can remember Johnny Sauter turning him and uh, – uh, it, it took took him out of the race. Took yeah. him out of the race. I don't know whether that ever comes into play, but I'll tell you what. Uh, they definitely didn't work together, and I know it's a split second uh, decision. You got do I go? Do I bail? Do what do I do? But uh, sure, didn't look like they were playing well together. Yeah, no, definitely. And and they covered it off in the in the broadcast. And and really, it was Johnny Sauter in the '99 that weren't working really well together. It was you know and, Grant was and, up there and, too, and Grant as well. Yep. And and later on in the race, uh, uh, you know, there was another restart, and and you know, it was a lap and a half or two laps after the restart uh, that happened right after stage two, um, and and. I remember it vividly, Grant bailing on, on Johnny. Yes, and, I do. I can and, too. You know, there, it, it's really interesting to me to see a team that, that can just follow their team orders. You know, uh, it's, it's more difficult than it looks for a team, oh, you know, and I yeah, think yeah. back to Talladega where, where, uh, and this is two years ago, but where TRD, where, where the Gibbs guys did this very thing and they just stuck with the TRD guys and they made everybody look bad, <laughs> yeah. you know, hands down. Yeah. Um, it's hard but, to do though, but right? it's really extremely hard to do, um, in a pack situation, like what we see out of the trucks, um, it, it, you know, they, you have to go up to block the line. Uh, you have to go up to, to or drop down or or go up to block the runs um, to stop the run from happening so that you can maintain your track position. Um, the fact that that Johnny did it multiple times, it is pretty blatant. <laughs> yeah. And I wouldn't doubt that there is a meeting. Would Thorsport be in a better situation had he not done it? I, I can't answer Who knows? that. Who knows? And, well, and they won I, the race. Exactly. They won the race and, and they, they got it done. But uh, really, you know, it, it, at the end of the day, Thorsport had 
an extreme level of performance compared to the past couple of years with Ford. Did you notice that? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're I, right. They, yeah. they were fast with those Toyotas. Um, they, they definitely, you know, gained a little bit uh, over their Ford program um, that we've seen. Yeah. And uh, it, I found that very interesting. Um, Thor Sport, you know, was extremely fast when they were Toyota the last time. Uh, that's when, you know, they really turned the corner. They yeah. started winning championships. Um, they switched over to Ford, and they still won championships. But they never had that raw speed that we're seeing right now out of Thor Sport. And uh, it will be very interesting when they get to the tracks like the one miles, uh, like the intermediate style tracks, and then as well the short tracks to see if that program, you know, is, is paying dividends. Two Canadians we got to mention right now. Raphael Lazard in the 24 for GMS. Led laps, got tied up in the big one, and the 52, a Stu Friesen, really was doing well coming through the field. He went to the back, started coming through again, and then whammo, he got tied up in a two. Love seeing Timothy Peters back in the series full-time in that 25 truck. It's going to be an outstanding truck season, everybody. The NASCAR Camping World Trucks back on track at Daytona next weekend on the road course. Xfinity time. Let's hear from the winner of the Xfinity race just yesterday. Here is Austin Sendrick. Yeah, what a way to, to kick off the season. So uh, really proud of, obviously, the speed uh, our, our boys brought with me in the Verizon 5G Ford Mustang. Um, I, I was actually kind of bummed that we missed qualifying uh, because our single lap speed in practice was so much better than what we've been here in the past. And I really feel like over, over the no practice races, we made our super speedway cars better. So to be able to showcase that tonight uh, makes me, makes me really proud, proud of the effort of the guys in the shop and obviously our road crew and to start off the season like this is, is, is incredible. So um, not, nothing that I feel like I did those last couple laps. I can, I can take with me to, to tomorrow's race, but uh, definitely some great momentum. Yeah. Dynamite Xfinity race that had everything. Uh, I know you and I love watching it. It did. It did. There was nothing that that I I missed out on or felt like it was missing through that Xfinity race. Um, you know, the the competition, you know, you look down towards the end of that race and obviously there was some attrition. Uh, it seems like every year um, it, it, it plays out very similar. Uh, there's some big name teams that are up front and then there, as well, there's some surprises um, towards the end of the race. I think it would have looked a little bit different um, had they not tore up uh, right towards the end where Landon Castle got turned. Oh, yeah. Uh, they tore yeah, up yeah. A, a, a bunch of cars that were still straight, um, you know, coming to the, 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 the finish of that race. But uh, uh, hats off to Austin Sindrick. He did everything right. How and, about Brad uh, Moffitt good. in that 2 He was the pusher all day. Yep. He was pushing like he was in his truck. Absolutely. Um, yep. And he did a great job. Ended up finishing the race second. Harrison Burton third. Jeb Burton in the 10. He had a good run. Finished fourth. He did. Um, the the big one, it took out the colleague guys. It did. Um, it did. You, you know, and, and Jeb was even in that. Um, so he had quite a bit of cosmetic damage. Uh, to still bring bring that thing home fourth um, was, was a big accomplishment. Um, he's going to be running the whole year with those guys. So, uh, you know, he, that puts him in a really good uh, situation points-wise. Uh, it will be really interesting to see that colleague team. Of course, they've had three cars at the racetrack now uh, lots of times right they've had the 16 the 10 and the 11 um this year the 11 and the 10 going to be running full-time both of them um they're both running for the championship um a little bit of a different look for colleague uh 
tough for the 11 of Haley, uh, but uh, really interesting to see what they're going to be able to do this year. And, and that team is poised uh, to to be a super team within the Xfinity Series uh, over the next two to three years. And, you know, we see them today in the Daytona 500 with the 16 of Kaz Grala as well. So, um, you know, colleague making some big waves in the sport right now. Yeah, they sure are. All of them back on the road course next weekend. Going to be dynamite. Uh, we'll be prepared for road course racing, and I'll tell you what's going to be off the chip. But first comes the Daytona 500. Uh, you're going to have to check your tube. I don't know whether it's back on yet. I know track drying was underway uh, when we were doing this show. So, uh, But track drying was coming along real good. So if you're tuned in to Race Time Radio on Sirius XM, you may want to have a, a zip over to Channel 90 and see if... Um, if the race is back on or what's happening with it. But uh, I do want to say happy Valentine's to my bride, Susie Q. Uh, She operates our studio, uh, hooks us up with all of our guests, and happy Valentine's, my dear. And uh, I also want to tell everyone uh, that this is our final show for probably, I'm going to say, three to four weeks. Uh, And uh, we will be back on the air Little hiatus. We've got to rebuild the studio. Uh, this one here is sold. So we're going to have to redo it up. And uh, we will be back with you in the thick of things. And uh, don't worry. We'll catch you up on absolutely everything and keep it locked on right here to Sirius XM Channel 167 Canada Talks all the way through. And keep your eyes on racetimeradio.com. Uh, we're going to try and keep you up to date as much as humanly possible. Um, like I say, we're going to be, uh, we got a little transition to do here, not moving right out of one place into another. Um, so we will, uh, keep you posted of course on our social media and, uh, all of that stuff as we move forward into the future, uh, the Daytona 500. I don't know how this one's going to shake out junior. We got, uh, I don't know, 30 seconds. Who do you think, after seeing 15 laps of the Daytona 500, who do you think is going to be in victory lane? I have to take Denny Hamlin. You're going to take Denny? He's at the back. Denny's good. He's just He makes everybody look silly out there. He's, he, he's an extremely good plate racer. If he wrecks out, then i got to take Joey Logano. Yeah, you know what's really exciting to me? And Fox did a great job on the pre-race stuff. I'm really excited for Bubba Wallace. Uh, Michael Jordan in the sport now. He and Denny. Uh, teaming up to make that 23 car, putting Bubba in there. I'm excited for those guys. I bet you they win a race. I bet you they win. And did you hear Michael Jordan? Uh, Bubba said something. I can't remember what it was uh, to Michael Jordan. And uh, about you guys are writing the check. And Michael Jordan said, yeah, we're not writing a check to losers. So you got to win. That's right. So uh, uh, Bubba said, yeah, I'm g- you're going to be writing lots of checks. So it, it's going to be cool. It should be interesting. Uh, great little team there. And, and uh, yeah, hats off to Denny Hamlin and those guys for getting that thing off the ground so quickly. They did a great job. Yeah, they sure did. But that's going to do it for us tonight on Race Time Radio again. Uh, we will see you in uh, a few weeks. We'll keep you posted. Keep a, your eye on racetimeradio.com. And thanks so much for tuning in each and every week, every Sunday night, right here on Race Time Radio. We will be back with you. Have a good one, everybody. Safe ride home from Daytona. Thanks for listening to Race Time Radio. Visit us on the web at www.racetimeradio.com. We hope you'll 
join us again next time for more Race Time Radio. Come on now, dig, dig, dig. Exclusively on your home for the hardcore race fan. Excellent, buddy, excellent.